So now when you think there's a war between two candidates who are running, that's your nigga vote and your nigga understanding. Queen Bay. We are currently in our very own super secret underground bunker with enough food and water and entertainment to last several lifetimes. Yeah. Disclosure. The Snatched Podcast is profane, politically incorrect, political insensitive, anti-organized religion, and is not safe for children or safe for work. Please listen responsibly. You're about to get snatched. <laughs> You're listening to the Snatched Podcast. You're listening to the Snatched Podcast. Warning, if you listen to this, your feelings will get hurt. We are the Crumb Snatcher. Get snatched. Snatched. Peace, 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 peace. Join me. Peace. All right, family. Ashay. Queen Bay. Rahu Bat. Please. Islam. Namaste. Namaste. Rahu Bat. Onichiwa. Asalaamu Alaikum. Arigato. Ubuntu. Shalom. Shalom. Salam. Namaste. Respect. Ashay. Whatever the greeting is in your respective language, I am your brother Crumb. Asalaamu Alaikum. For another installation of Crumb TV. Asalaamu Alaikum. There will be more polished videos, but I want to go live as well. So um, thank you for bearing with me. More on the way. So with that said, as you've gathered, this is voting is bullshit, family. And I will be elated to detail why. And of course, as always, I've prepared a PowerPoint presentation. So let's get right into it. So here we are. Voting is bullshit. Why is voting bullshit? So why is voting bullshit? I want to start with campaign contributions. Campaign contributions negate the whole concept of voting. So, this is from Federal Election Commission. My data source, please focus your attention right here. The data source is Federal Election Commission. This isn't from Watchdog.com or uh, uh, Black Extremists Everywhere. You know, this is from the big dogs themselves. And it reads... Money wins Congress in 91% of House and Senate races. So, they have a breakdown here. Average money spent, $23 million among the winners, $1.1 million among the losers. Chance of winning spent more 91% of the time chance of winning spent less 91% of the time. So why is this important family? This is important because they are they are not getting you to vote for someone based off integrity. You're not voting for someone let me see if I can just take some notes as I didn't mean to do that. I'm going to move this to the side and see, can I take some notes? We're going to try something different this time. Live 95. All right. So um, I just want to type as I talk. All right. So. Votes are not one 
based off of integrity let's make this a little smoother it's not it's not one based off integrity it's not one based off best fit um it's not one based off uh um the people's choice you know my cousin is the best one to be the uh you know school board director or whatever like that these things have no bearing in it it's all about money family that's it and if I could look at you one more time in the face, let me see. Can I? Is it, is it, is it me looking at you in the face? Yeah, it's me. Okay. So when we're talking about voting and we're talking about money, let's say we're in Iraq, and in Iraq or Afghanistan is a little bit of a better example. We're in Afghanistan. In Afghanistan, we've um, we've taken over the people. We've taken their full water supply. We've taken their food. We've taken their means to make money. We've taken uh, 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 all their infrastructure, no hospital, no nothing. Now, what are they going to do once they take absolutely everything from this country? They're then the last measure of taking over the country is going to be to hold a vote. Now, when they hold a vote, I mean, we're in Afghanistan, follow me. When they hold a vote, they're going to give you two options. They're going to say, you can. this is Afghanistan. You can vote for Abdul or you can vote for Muhammad. Now, this is the thing. Both candidates have been picked by America. Both candidates have U.S. dollars backing or we're in Afghanistan so denari they have US denari backing them so now no matter if um uh Sheikh Adadiyab I'm just putting the name out there no matter if he is the one who's the best fit to be the leader he doesn't have US dollars or denari backing his campaign so you will never see his name on a ballot. You will never see a commercial from him. You won't even know that he's running because he doesn't have the machine behind him. So now, even though Sheikh was the best person, he didn't have the publicity. He didn't have the fanfare or what we call campaign contribution. So let's keep going. Let me share my screen again. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna keep this moving. So let's go back to America, cause I don't want to stay in Afghanistan. Cause you're like, well, Kron, that's Afghanistan. That that doesn't apply here. Let's talk about huge campaign contributors, family. Did you know a guy by the name of George Soros? Let me see, can I move this right here? 
Wait, says, no, I don't want to hide it. If you can see my highlight of what I'm highlighting right here, my footnotes, a gentleman by the name of George Soros. That's his real picture right there. He's a now when we talk about the richest people in the world, you have to make sure there's a distinction between individuals and families. When we're talking about individuals, they're not the richest in the world. The richest are the families. We're dealing with the Rothschilds, the Carnegies, the uh, Bilderbergs, the um, uh, uh, Rockefellers, you know, because money is held in family trust. Respectfully, your nigga ass got a bank account. That's why you don't understand the richest people in the world. The richest people in the world don't hold their money in a, uh, a nigga account. They hold their money in a family trust. So George Soros is one of the richest individuals in the world, which makes him very low on the totem pole as far as uh, true money goes. So now what he is, uh, uh, what does he do with all his money? He's a campaign contributor. Did you know that George Soros funded both sides of the machine? He funded Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton back when they were running uh, for the um, the Democratic uh, endorsement. When they were like, "All right, who's going to be the prime candidate for the um, for the Democrats? We got Hillary, we got Barack." George Soros gave both of them money. So now if you look at this little thing at the bottom, it says, I think I'll run mm, mm, Obama. So now, not only is George Soros funding both sides, these two gentlemen that I have for you right here, these are the Koch brothers. Look right here, family. Let me draw my little bit of an arrow. The Koch brothers. Let me see if I type it again. The Koch brothers. Now, the Koch brothers are a little more nefarious than George Soros. George Soros is kind of a, a cat. These are tigers. The Koch brothers, they're not only going to fund both sides of the Democratic uh, uh, campaign, they're going to fund the Democrats and the Republicans. So now, while you cat, and, 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 and for the most part, I'm just talking to my people. If there are Indians on the feed, salute. If there are white people on the feed or so-called white people, salute. You know, if there are, uh, you know, whatever you identify with, that's cool. But I'm talking to my people. So when you cast your nigga vote and you thinking that you're voting for uh, 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 this or that, you're just voting for one thing. And you have a very small uh, understanding of what the true uh, 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 system is and how it works. So here's a cartoon, because I don't want you to think I'm the one who's making this up. I want you to see where uh, educated uh, Europeans are coming from within their understanding of the system, because our people are not educated and we cast nigger votes. So it says in this little cartoon, buying, oh, I'm sorry, hold on. Buying elections is offensive to me. I just want to rent them. So then the other one says, make it rain, brother. And they both have little pins that say 
What do they mean? What, what did he mean when he said brother? They were the Koch brothers. This is a picture of them, or a cartoon based off them. If you look here in the bottom left-hand corner, you're going to see Supreme Court, and it says unlimited campaign contributions. Why does it say unlimited campaign contributions? Because the Supreme Court ruled that there is no limit at which any one donor, uh, in terms of an entity, can give to a campaign election. A person, an individual person, can only give, I think it's like $2,530, something like that. But a, 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 a entity can give as much money as they want. So they back both sides of the campaign. So now, does this sound familiar to you, family? Where does this concept of backing both sides comes from? What is the concept of funding both sides come from? Let me draw my little arrow again. Where does the concept of funding both sides come from? It comes from the owner of the World Bank, the Rothschild family. Because when the Rothschilds first came into, into the political scene in Europe back in the 14 or 1500s, and, and, and arguably in some cases earlier than that, but anyway, you know, when we get into the, uh, the, um, the Jesuits, when we get into the Knights of Templar, these are the original banking systems, which they were a part of, but they didn't officially get their uh supreme takeover until later on i digress so the rothschilds came into the game funding both sides of the war hold on let me just make sure i still got you with me family okay yeah i do um they came in the game funding both sides of the war when we're dealing with isis when we're dealing with al-qaeda when we're dealing with boko haram when we're dealing with uh, the CIA, when we're dealing with M16, these are all initiatives that have been funded by the Rothschilds. The, the World Bank, I, aka the Rothschilds, are funding both sides of any particular system. And now these Johnny Come Latelys have picked up on what the Rothschilds have done and they've joined in on funding both sides. So now when you think there's a war between the Republicans and the Democrats, so now when you think there's a war between two candidates who are running, that's your nigga vote and your nigga understanding. Family, there is no uh, a good cop, bad cop. There is no good cop, bad cop. There is no good cop, bad cop. It's one people, the elitist. As we see here, the 1% who is funding everything and manipulating your nigga vote. They sent it to the Supreme Court when people tried to bang on them. And because they own the Supreme Court, they can put as much money into any candidate that they want to. Here, let me let me see your face one more time, family. Let me see your face again. Did you know, for, this is for um, just governor. It, it, it's a $10,000 registration fee if you want to be governor. If you want to be governor, you're going to have to pay a 10, I'm sorry, just to run. 
Just to run as a candidate, you're going to have to pay a $10,000 registration fee. I don't. I, I meant to go look up what the registration fee is for a president, but let's just assume, because this is just government, let's just assume it's $100,000 to throw your name in the, into the hat. You're like, I want to run for president. Okay, you've got to register to run. You've got to... Uh, to um, to pay $100,000 to register. You've got to pay $100,000. Why is this important, family? Because the rich elitists want to ensure that this game is amongst rich elitists. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care if you have the formula for world peace. This is amongst the rich elitists. Get your ass out of here, family. Don't nobody care about you or your great ideas. This is about money and power, period. They've already set the stage to where they are going to get their initiative across and your shit won't go past the front door. Either you pay to play or you don't pay. I don't care if you got a heart of gold. I don't care if you are Jesus himself, Muhammad. I don't care if Jesus endorsed you, Muhammad endorsed you, Krishna, Buddha, uh, uh, and, 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 and everybody you love, your mama. Because you do not have the elitist backing you and the proper funding, you won't go nowhere. This section is campaign contribution. Let's go back to Sherry. Come on, family. I hit share screen. Uh, there we go. Share screen. View application. There we go. Okay. So here we go. Now that we're uh, almost done with my campaign contribution section, because the family fails to realize you're not voting based off integrity. You're not voting based off, off the best candidate. You're voting on who has the most campaign dollars. And who has the most campaign dollars is based on who has the contributors. And all of the contributors are backing all of the candidates. They're backing Republicans. They're backing Democrats. They're backing Obama. They're backing Hillary. They're backing uh, the good, the bad, the indifferent. Why? Because this comes from the Rothschild family where they back both sides of the war to ensure no matter who wins, they win. Now, because uh, uh, the rich people in your city, because there's rich people in the city that you are in, segregation has never ended. In your, in your city, there's Section 8, and that is predominantly niggas. In your city, there is an affluent section, and that's prom- uh, predominantly crackers, cave beasts, tamahu. So now these uh, 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 elitists in your city, they don't have uh, the Koch brothers money. They don't have George Soros money. They don't have Rothschild money. But they have something that niggas do not have. They have allegiance. Niggas shop with the Arabs. Niggas shop with uh, uh, Indians and Asians. Don't come on my feed and be mad that I say nigga and you act like a nigga. 
Your last name is Jones. You got your slave master name. You don't support black business. You don't unite and organize with your people. Fuck you mean, family. You on that nigga shit. Keep it 5,000. Let's just deal with the reality versus our emotions. Don't nobody care about your emotions, family. The world is eating your fucking babies. Now tell me again about your bullshit emotions. So now, the elitists of your city who don't have, who have a lot of money, but not enough money to influence an election, they come together and they form super PACs. We're almost done. This is my last slide for campaign contribution. You must understand that the elitists in your city, they're not the 1%. They are the, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the 30% of your community. They are the upper echelon in your city. They form super PACs and they bring their money together. Why do I, why does Crumb Snatcher call you a nigga? Because you don't bring your money together with nobody other than your uh, 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 wife or your husband. And you don't even bring your money together with them half the time. Y'all got separate bank accounts and wonder why I call you a nigga. You have no understanding of unity, but white people, cave beasts, Tamahu, crackers is coming together and fucking your nigga ass up. Let's just keep it 5,000, family. Super PAC. So now, a super PAC is when these people come and join their money together, and then they form an entity, and then they put that money to make sure they have a political voice. Your ass sitting here talking about a, a, a nigga vote? You talking about a nigga vote? The richest people in your city don't vote. They form super PACs. Okay? Okay, family? With that said, I want to say with all due respect, fuck your vote, nigga. With all due respect, I want to say fuck your vote. You ain't forming no super PACs. You've never been a part of a super PAC. Until today, you never understood what a super PAC was. So let me read. Campaign committees under FEC uh, supervision report contributors and ex expenditures. Uh, um, I'm sorry, excuse me. Campaign committees under FEC supervision reports contributions and expenditures. Uh, expi expenditures cannot uh, coordinate with candidate. No limit on contributions. Do disclose donors. These are regular contributors. They can only donate, I think, $2,350 or maybe $2,530, something like that. No more than, than, than $3,000. No individual person can donate more than $3,000. That's the law. Now, when we come with a super PAC, a super PAC is not required to disclose its donors. A super PAC can, can be used to mask donors. A super PAC cannot uh, coordinate with candidates. That's true, fine. But a super PAC um, uh, reports expenditures through uh, tax filing 990s. Uh, political activity cannot be majority of expenditures, nonprofit under IRS supervision. Now, if you look here in the dotted form right here, super PAC money is called dark money family. Why is it called dark money? Because these people are, are, are operating from the dark. Now, if you look at my, my, my cartoon here, because you know, I'm getting fond of cartoons. It says, 
Get snatched. You don't see the face of the person controlling this robot. This is a super PAC robot. And the super PAC robot is holding unlimited political cash. Campaigns are not won through a nigga vote. Fuck your nigga vote. Campaigns are won through unlimited political cash. Why do I put this here? Because I don't want you to think your your vote is a nigga vote and that's my personal opinion. I want you to understand where the elitists, the, the people who understand politics, who draw these cartoons, why do they, signs and symbols are for the conscious mind. I don't give a fuck about your nigga opinion or your nigga vote. If you look, you don't see the, 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 the person who's operating the super PAC machine. And on a controller, it says, hold on, here we go. It says anonymous donors, anonymous donors. When you go to vote, you have to register. You can't even vote anonymously. But the super PAC who funds the machine can be uh, anonymous family. That right there should be clear that you have a nigga vote. Follow me, family. So now that I beat the dog uh, life, I beat this horse to death in terms of uh, campaign contrib. I'm sorry, campaign contributions, and that is why your vote is po- is pointless. They're going to manipulate you with money. You have never voted for anybody outside of the top. Pe- hold on, hold on, hold on. To end this section, I want to look you in the face. Family, you have never voted for anybody who did not have their name on the ballot. Because when you vote, you have an option. You can vote for candidate one, for candidate two, or you can write somebody in. I didn't mean to do like this. You can write somebody in. You've never written anybody in. You've never voted for anyone other than who they told you to vote for. They said vote for Barack or Hillary. And guess who you voted for? Either Barack or Hillary. Then they said you can vote for Barack or John Kerry. Guess who you voted for? Either Barack or John Kerry. What does this mean, family? This means you had a nigga vote and you were tricked. They gave you two options and based off the options they gave you, that determines your vote. You didn't vote based off what you thought. You voted based off campaign contributions. Let's keep it 5,000, family. Let's just, let's deal with the reality. All right, let me go back to sharing the screen because I want to go to the next section. All right, hold on. Come on, computer. All right, there we go. Share screen. Share screen. I'm about to hurt some more feelings. If you felt good about voting, you're about to get your feelings hurt. Okay. So now let's go to electoral college. I was talking to my grandma and my grandma said, you know, it's very important that we vote. I said, okay, grandma, as, as a voter who is paying attention to what's going on, please explain to me the electoral college. Grandma did not explain it to me because she's casting a nigga vote. Nigga means you're uninformed, 
You're you're not smart. You're just going along with the flow. You have no understanding of what you're doing. You just doing it because the beast or the system is telling you to do it. That is no reason to vote. So now, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Uh, he said presidents are selected, not elected. Now, family, before I beat this horse to death, I want to uh, ask you, before I beat this horse to death, I want to ask you, what is special about Franklin Delano Roosevelt? Now, you're going to say that a president can only serve two terms because you are not uh, 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 um, in tune with what's going on in terms of politics. You're just going with what you see on TV. You're only going based off Fox News. You're only going based off CNN. You've done zero to no research. Franklin Delano Roosevelt served four terms as president. Go look it up, family. Franklin Delano Roosevelt served four terms as president. So why is it important what he says versus what the average person in politics is going to say? Because nobody in American politics has served more terms as president than he has. He is the master master uh, craftsman and supreme racist. So now... Uh, when we're dealing with our democratic system, it is not democratic. Franklin Delano Roosevelt was a part of the 1%. He was a super rich man. He was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He was born rich. He never worked a day in his life. So when these people select presidents, that's called an oligarchy family. An oligarchy is where only a few people rule. This includes the aristocracy, which is the rich people. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The people born rich and the plutocracy. The people who are who are gained their money through somewhere. So you have the rich people and their friends and family. What is an oligarchy family? An oligarchy is the rich people and their friends and family. I need you to understand politics before you go and cast a nigga vote. You need to understand politics before you go and cast a nigga vote. You are not in a democracy or a republic. You are in an oligarchy. So now the electoral college proves this family. So now we're dealing with um, uh, what we call, hold on, what do we call these people? Electoral College. We, I, I know you can see me move this up and down. The section we're in right now is Electoral College. So uh, I meant to put, let's see. I meant to put this a little bit higher. Before we go into these other details, let's talk about, you know, let's ask some questions and get some answers. When did, uh, question number one, well, question number one is right here at the top. Why did they create the Electoral College? Question, answer. The Electoral College was created for two reasons. The first purpose was to create the buffer between the population and the selection of the president. The a buffer between the population and the uh, selection of the president. 
you do not directly vote for your president family some people who are a little bit savvy with politics are going to tell you the electoral college is a safe uh, safe haven for small states that is not the truth it is a buffer between the population and the selection of a president and I will go on and explain why but first let's finish reading the founding fathers were afraid of a direct election to the presidency they feared a tyrant could be uh, could manipulate public opinion and come to power now family I want to explain why this doesn't make sense because when they said they feared a public uh, uh, a tyrant would manipulate public opinion to get a, a tyrant elected what are we doing right now with campaign contributions we have people who are manipulating the media with campaign dollars to get tyrants elected so when we're dealing with the electoral college this um this risk management does not make any sense it's a lie family you are in the matrix and crumb is giving you the morpheus pill it's time to wake up neo it's time to wake up understand what's going on and then wake up and do something about it but you can't stay asleep you can't lack understanding from what's going on around you and then go cast a vote and think you've made a difference you can't make a difference when you don't understand what's going on around you let me let me put it in this 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 explanation if you're walking and your shoes are untied and you fall are you going to fix your problem if you didn't realize your shoes were untied you will never fix the problem if you don't understand it 90% of the family do not understand politics so you cast a nigga vote and you have no business voting why were rich cave beasts the only one people allowed to vote in the beginning because to be a voter you had to cast an informed vote if you did not know what was going on in politics upon the uh, 1776 upon the conception of the united states of america you were not fit to vote so why do you think the founding fathers said only the people who were fit to vote would be able to vote and now anybody can walk up off the street and vote you have to understand 90% of the people who are engaging in politics are politically illiterate family we have to deal with the reality that 90% maybe even 99 people who engage in politics in terms of voting are politically illiterate this is what the founding fathers were fighting against they created risk management um i'm trying to look at the word I think it's not waterfalls it's uh safe falls or something like that safety nets they created safety nets and walls to keep the ignorant people from voting so that tyrants wouldn't be elected your nigga vote is not a desirable vote because you are politically 
illiterate and therefore we need to keep you out of the system that's what the electoral college is about period moving forward and I want to mention family there's no nice way to say this if you're an asshole you just have to bite the bullet and say you know what crumb I've been an asshole don't, don't get mad at the messenger. Deal with the reality. Second question. When did the, did the Electoral College start in the United States? The 12th Amendment. Uh, answer. The 12th Amendment. Ratified in 1804. Changed the original process allowing for separate ballots for determining the president and vice president. See Electoral College and indecisive elections for more information. The District of Columbia has three electors since the 23rd Amendment was ratified in 1961. Meaning, what they're talking about right there is each state gets three votes. I'm sorry, three electoral uh, 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 votes. You are guaranteed, no matter how small you are, three electoral votes. That's what the 12th Amendment is really about. So the Electoral College was in the Constitution, but in, in, in the 12th Amendment, it said everybody gets three votes, three electoral votes, three electoral college votes. So Electoral College was in the Constitution, but uh, in the 12th Amendment is when uh, 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 they started this idea where the Electoral College is not going to be used as a buffer because it was in the uh, Constitution as a buffer. It, it went into the, uh, the 12th Amendment to represent the, the, uh, the minority later down the line. Please, family, do not debate me if you are politically illiterate. Next one, you say, well, Crumb, the Electoral College votes based on what we say. If we say we want to vote for Obama, the Electoral College will cast their vote for Obama. Wrong. Wrong. That's not true, family. Please do not put your asshole opinion in here. You are politically illiterate and you don't know anything about anything. We got to deal with the reality, family. We got to deal with the research. The electors can vote any way they want. So now this is called a faithless elector. Now, I'm going to read this and then I'm going to come back on camera. 29 states and Washington, D.C. have laws attempting attempting to prevent the occurrence of a so-called faithless elector. When members of the electoral college vote for a candidate other than the state's winners. So, all right, I'm coming back on camera. Here I come, family. Here I come. Uh, I guess here I don't come. All right. So now, when we're dealing with the Electoral College, this is the basic bullshit understanding that they're going to tell you. They're going to say that the state is going to vote. They're going to say, based off the Electoral College, it's all or nothing. If, let's say there's 100 people in your state. If 30, 35 people in your state vote Democratic, and, well, 25, just to keep numbers easy. If, 20, if there's 100 people in your state, 25 of those people vote for a, a, a Democrat and the other 75 vote for a Republican, then all the electoral college will vote for the Republican, right? Wrong. If, 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 uh, 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 if, um, 
let's say the campaign contribution aspect that I talked about in the beginning is not true and it does not work. Let's say that Chrome Snatcher um, somehow gets his name on the ballot. Let's say that Chrome Snatcher somehow wins the state of California, Texas, Florida, Virginia, and New York. Based off electoral college, if I get those five states, nine out of 10, I'm going to be president. There's a couple of more states, but those are the five big ones. If I get those five states, I'm going to become president. So now the government knows that I'm not fucking with them. The government knows I'm in what they call an extremist, what they would probably call a terrorist, what they're going to call a radical. You know, I'm not wearing a suit. I'm not cutting my hair. I'm going to talk any goddamn way I want. So no, I can't be president. So if I, if you and the whole state that you live in vote for me, the electoral college is not going to follow your vote. Why? Because they're going to deem you ignorant. They're going to say your vote was a nigger vote. And they're going to go the way they want to go. This is called a faithless vote. This is called a faithless vote. They don't have to vote the way that you want them to vote. Your vote does not count. Why? Because if you vote, the electoral college is supposed to go the way you want them to go. And they don't have to do that. Okay? I just I just need you to understand that. It's called a faithless electoral vote. Let's go back. And this is to protect them from people like Crumb. So even if Crumb does get all the votes from that state, the electors from the electoral college will not vote for Crumb. This happened to Richard Nixon. This was on, uh, I don't see the date. That sucks. Anyway, you know Nixon was a president. State electors give Nixon 12, Wallace 1. I'm not going to read all of this. This is in North Carolina. North Carolina's electoral college delegation voted 12 to 1 for uh, resident-elect Richard Nixon uh, uh, here Monday at the session uh, by a leadership vacuum. So, you know, so on and so forth. I'm not reading all of that. But the state did not vote for Richard Nixon, but the electoral college did. So we have to understand your vote doesn't count, family. So you say, um, Crumb, well, who is the electoral college? Our vote chooses the electors who then make the real vote. So the electors are retired politicians and politicians, friends and family. That is called an oligarchy family where you have the aristocracy and the plutocracy. The electoral college is a part of the aristocracy. They are the nobilities. They are faceless people who you will never know, who you will never see, who you will never elect, who will vote on your behalf, and they don't have to go with the way that you go. So now, in 2004, an anonymous Minnesota elector that you will never know. Uh, and, and this is under faithless elector. You can go look the shit up yourself. Faithless elector. Um, he uh, pledged for Democrats, John Kerry and John Edwards. But he cast on 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 or, 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 on his or her presidential vote for John Edwards. E W 
here's the vote, family. He voted or she voted the wrong way. So the person who they intended, John Kerry never got this vote. John Kerry never got this vote. John Ewards did. One vote was cast for John Ewards. Now, a lot of people said that this person was drunk. A lot of people said that this person was drunk, but I say this person was not drunk. This person was stupid and not paying attention. So we must understand what a nigga vote is. Don't be all all sad and embarrassed because I say the word nigga, but you are politically ignorant. What is a nigga? A nigga is a person who is ignorant. If you are politically ignorant, family, I don't want to hear your opinion about my usage of the word nigga. If this is new to you and you do not understand that your vote does not count, don't say shit to me about using the language I use because clearly you need to do some research. Okay, family? The, the, the electoral college does not have to vote the way you want them to vote. Period, family. Period. So when you vote, there's something called a direct vote and an indirect vote. Voting is indirect democracy. Because we're dealing with an oligarchy. We're dealing with an aristocracy and a plutocracy. The rich people and their friends and family. So they vote. They will listen to what you say and take it into their uh, uh, consideration. And that's the full extent of that. You do not have a direct vote where you have a direct say. You tell them what your opinion is and then they go and do what the fuck they want. Period. So here we go. What is the difference? Oh, I'm sorry. Question. What is the difference between direct election and indirect election? Answer. Direct democracy is when the people vote directly on the laws and other issues that are proposed. Indirect democracy is when people elect representation uh, who vote on laws on behalf of the people. Uh, an example of indirect democracy is when uh, is when uh, elect people to Congress or otherwise vote and, uh, uh, to represent you. So now, you do not vote on these issues directly. And I prepared uh, something from my business page. Let's get this person off. Hold on, hold on. Oh, wait, let me, let me, let me show you what I've prepared for you. Let me show you what I've prepared for you. Oh, I think you can see my stuff. Okay, I didn't know that. All right, so this right here is my Facebook business page. This is my Facebook business page. I'm doing very well on this page. May I brag just a little bit. Four uh, 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 um, out of 55 people, 4.8 out of five say that I'm doing my thing. I'm doing very well. Um, I have... I have about 6,000 people who have liked my page and 7,000 people follow me on uh, my Facebook business page. So I'm doing my thing. I post videos like the, the origins of the Simpsons. Um, uh, I bang on white people uh, or not white people, but the cave beats. You know, I ask questions. Is, is white privilege real or fake? You know, and that's the idea of the business page. Pedophile, pedophiles versus homosexuals. All of this can be found on my business page. So be sure if you're on Facebook to go like and follow my business page. Now, um, 
getting to what I wanted to bring your attention to in reference to uh, uh, I'm sorry in reference to um, direct elections this is Dr. Umar whether you like him or, or hate him is none of my concern now what he is talking about is real in terms of direct election you do not you do not vote you your nigger vote has nothing to do with uh, black economic solutions. Your nigger vote has nothing to do with uh, cops killing black people because you cannot directly vote on the things that are important to your people. So here's Dr. Umar. You will never have an option to directly vote on white supremacy. That's a nigga vote. You can't vote away police injustice. That's a nigga vote. You can't vote away systematic oppression because you are under an oligarchy where the powerful people vote on what's important to them. They don't give a rat's ass what's important to you. That's why when you vote on what's important to them and what they say and what they deem important to talk about, that's a nigga vote. What is the purpose of voting if you can't vote away systematic oppression? You should vote when you have a reason to. If you have an option to vote on reparations, bitch, you better get your ass down there and vote. If you have an option to vote away uh, police brutality, motherfucker, you better get down there and vote. But if your ass is voting on immigration and the goddamn president's wife is an immigrant family, you are politically ignorant. You are not voting on anything of significance to you. You're simply playing as a pawn in their system. So that's my uh, video uh, from my business page. Uh, it got about 6,000 views, so almost 6,500 views. So um, with that said, I want to close that out. And the point that I showed you that video is to present to you that you do not have a direct vote. 
That's why you cannot vote on white supremacy. That's why you cannot vote on police injustice. That's why you cannot vote on uh, 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 the bias in the judicial, the uh, black bias in the judicial system. That's why you cannot vote on topics important to you. You vote on topics important to them, and then they go and vote on on uh, the final say. This is called a indirect democracy. You do not directly vote, family. So now, because we are in an oligarchy, let me show you again, we are in an oligarchy where you have an uh, aristocracy and a plutocracy. A plutocracy is the rich ruling class. The aristocracy, their friends and family. So now they are the ones who are counting your votes and making their decision based off how they feel. This is the electoral college. When you vote, family, this is a popular vote. When you vote, it's a popular vote. We must understand what we're dealing with. So now, in terms of a popular vote, um, and you have a direct say, you're still voting within a white uh, uh, systematic system. You'd be like, Crumb, that's why it's important to vote at the local level. Local uh, 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 politics is the most important. Well, family, I have another video prepared to, to present why local elections are also bullshit. Mr. Jones owned a cotton plantation and many slaves. One day he was talking to the owner of the plantation next to his and Mr. Jones was lamenting the fact that times were tough. He was having to work his slaves harder than ever and was having trouble with some of them being disobedient or trying to run away. The other plantation owner said he knew someone who could help. Day one. One day, Mr. Jones called his slaves together so a man named Mr. Smith could talk to them. Before beginning, Mr. Smith whispered to Mr. Jones, Whatever I say, do not contradict me or interfere, and I promise you, your slave troubles will end. My name is Mr. Smith, he said to the slaves. We are the and this may be the happiest day of your lives. From today forward, you will no longer be slaves, but free men. Mr. Jones was so shocked, he started to step forward, but Mr. Smith gestured for him to remain silent. He did, only because the other plantation owner had spoken so highly of Mr. Smith's skills. We you are, are no longer property of Mr. Jones, Mr. Smith continued. You are free. You are wrong. No more will you be forced to labor for the benefit of Mr. Jones. Now you can work for yourself. Now the slaves were all murmuring and looking at each other. Many were smiling, many were looking puzzled. In fact, you are now free to leave the plantation whenever you want, Mr. Smith said. However, since we are surrounded by other plantations, if you leave, some other plantation owner will likely claim you as his own the moment you set foot on his property. So I urge you not to risk your newfound freedom by doing something so foolish. Instead, I suggest that you stay here, no longer as slaves, but as willing participants and part owners of this plantation. Yes, this is now your plantation. Mr. Jones bit his tongue to keep from objecting. For now, we might as well leave Mr. Jones in charge, said Mr. Smith, since he's the only one with any experience at running a plantation, which is quite a complicated thing to manage. But he will no longer be your master, but just another worker on the plantation. In fact, he will now be using his organizational and management skills to serve you. Whatever problems you may have had with him before, you are now all equals, and you need each other to make this work. If we all cooperate and work together, we can all reap the benefits together. 
In honor of this happy occasion, I present you this new symbol of togetherness and cooperation, this flag, which shall be the emblem of the new free Jones Plantation. He held up the new flag, but most of those listening were still too amazed to respond. And this shall be our motto, Mr. Smith announced. We work together as free men for our mutual benefit, pledging our allegiance to the Jones Plantation, which stands for prosperity, liberty, and justice for all. To celebrate, everyone has the rest of the day off. Enjoy your freedom, do as you please, and be back here tomorrow morning, bright and early, so that we may begin work on this great and noble new endeavor as equal free men. Finally, convinced Mr. Smith was serious, the former slaves applauded and cheered. Day two. We all want this plantation to do well, Mr. Smith said at the beginning of the next meeting, so we can all share in the benefits. We all know that it takes a lot of effort to make a cotton plantation work. Just because you're all free doesn't mean you can stop working. In fact, since you're now working for yourselves, I expect you to work even harder than ever before, but now with pride and joy, knowing that you're working for yourselves. Of course, there still have to be rules. If everyone just does whatever he wants, the plantation won't produce anything. This experiment will fail and we'll all starve. You should be thankful that Mr. Jones has agreed to stay on to lend his knowledge and skills to this endeavor, and I trust you will all do your own part to make this work. Several of you have been chosen to act as project supervisors, to manage different aspects of the operation, to make sure everyone is doing his assigned job, to make sure that the rules are followed, and so on. The rest of you may head out to the fields to start your first day of work as free men. Day three. The next morning, Mr. Smith had a grim expression on his face as the daily meeting began. I have an unpleasant duty to do today, he said. Yesterday, Charles was caught keeping some of the cotton he picked, presumably to sell for his own personal profit. That is against the rules. That is stealing. For that, Charles must be punished. Two men tied Charles to the whipping post. I take no joy in this, Mr. Smith continued, but you must understand if we do not maintain order, if we do not have rules that we all abide by, then the plantation will fail and we will all suffer. The whip cracked against Charles' back. But if we all pitch in for the common good, then we can all prosper. Being free doesn't mean you should be selfish and greedy. We must each do our assigned duties and obey the rules, and then we can all benefit, and each of you will receive your appropriate share of the profits. A young man named Samuel stepped forward. But if you and Mr. Jones decide the rules and whip us if we disobey, how is that any different from what we had before? How can you say that, Mr. Smith asked. I'm shocked. You were a slave before, and now you're free. Things still need to be managed and organized by those best qualified to do so. Do you know how to run a plantation, Samuel? Well, no, he answered. But if we're free, why do we get no say in what the rules are and how things work? I'm surprised at your ingratitude, Mr. Smith answered. None of you know how a plantation is run, so you're in no position to be making decisions about how things are done here. You don't seem to appreciate all the things that Mr. Jones provides for you, from protecting you from all the outside threats you know nothing about, those who would come here, capture and enslave you, if not for Mr. Jones' protection, to making sure that you all have food and housing, tools to work with, that you're cared for when sick and injured, and so on. There wouldn't be a plantation at all, no cotton to pick, no land to plant and harvest, if not for him. You should be grateful that he's made possible the level of comfort you now have. Your lives would be far worse if not for him. Nevertheless, as free and equal participants in this endeavor, from now on at each meeting, any worker may have two minutes to ask questions or voice suggestions or complaints. With that, the workers all seemed satisfied and headed out again to the fields to pick the cotton. Day four. I have a 
big announcement, Mr. Smith said as the daily meeting began. Mr. Jones' cousin is here, and not just to visit and see how our project is coming along. It has been decided that from now on, you will be deciding who will manage the plantation. Of course, this job can't be done by just anyone, but every three months, we will have a special meeting at which all the workers will vote on whether we think Mr. Jones should run the plantation or whether we think his cousin, Mr. Johnson, should run the plantation. That means that ultimately you are in charge because you will be deciding which man you want running things on your behalf. If you don't like the way things are being managed, you now have the power to change it. Amazed and pleased, the workers headed out again to the fields to pick the cotton. Days passed, months passed, a year passed, and the plantation continued to operate as before. Sometimes Mr. Jones was in charge, sometimes Mr. Johnson was in charge, but the day-to-day -day routine stayed exactly the same. The workers worked hard, long hours every day and still had little to show for it. Every day the meeting would begin with them all reciting the Jones Plantation motto, we work together as free men for our mutual benefit, pledging our allegiance to the Jones Plantation, which stands for prosperity, liberty, and justice for all. One day, Mr. Smith announced, Samuel is asked to say a few words this morning, and whatever the rest of us may think of his ideas and opinions, we are all free here, and that means we are all allowed to speak our minds. So, Samuel, you have two minutes. Begin. Samuel stepped forward, looking scared. I was excited when all this started, he began, glancing nervously at Mr. Smith and Mr. Jones. But don't you all see what's happened here? Nothing has changed. We're all still slaves. There were grumbles of disagreement from the crowd. They tell us what to do and whip us if we don't. They still make all the rules and punish us if we disobey. They let us make suggestions and complain about things, but they never really change anything. They let us choose between Mr. Jones and Mr. Johnson, but what's the difference? The situation stays the same. We do all of the work and they take as much as they want and decide how much they'll let us keep. They live in luxury made rich by the cotton we pick. We do all the work and have to build our own huts, grow our own food, and take care of ourselves. They leave us just enough that we don't revolt or run away. This is not freedom. We're all still slaves. They've only changed the words they use, but nothing else has changed. They say we're all free and equal, but we're not. They command and we obey. That's not freedom. That's not equality. They say we're free to leave, but all that means is that we're free to be someone else's slave. Why should we work or obey the rules? We didn't agree to this. They made the system, they forced it on us. They control and rob us and call it freedom. They've deceived you into thinking that being able to choose which slave master you'll work for is the same as being free. It's not. Open your eyes. If you keep what you produce, they call it stealing. When they take what you produce, they call it sharing and fair distribution. Can't you see that this is all your time? It is up, Samuel. Mr. Smith announced calmly. At his gesture, two supervisors grabbed Samuel by the arms and led him to the whipping post. I'm sorry, Samuel, but you've broken the rules. There are rules against encouraging others not to work and encouraging others to break the rules. You're only hurting all of us with your discontentment and your complaining and your disobedience. The whip fell and Samuel let out a grunt. Without rules, without order, all would be lost. Without law, there would be chaos. We can't just behave as wild animals, each doing whatever he pleases. We must all follow the plan and all do our duty for the betterment of everyone. And those who do not must be punished. 
The whip fell again and blood flowed freely from Samuel's back. Samuel, it is you who are stealing from the others. When you don't do your assigned work, you are making more work for others. When you disobey the rules, it is you who are endangering the future of everyone else here. You are the thief. You are the criminal. You are the one trying to destroy the arrangement that keeps us all safe and prosperous. At every lash of the whip, the other workers cheered louder and louder, some yelling curses at Samuel. Being spoiled and selfish, you complain about everything, talking as if you're oppressed. But you are the one ruining things. You are the one keeping us from being all we could be. It is your greed and your rebelliousness that is hurting all of us. They all play by the rules, Mr. Fess said, gesturing at the others. What makes you think that you don't have to? You think you're above the law? There were loud yells of agreement as the whip fell again. We must maintain order, Mr. Smith proclaimed, to make this plantation great, to make it so that we can all be happy and prosperous. To have the society we want, there have to be rules. We all have to contribute our fair share to this great endeavor, and we cannot tolerate actions and attitudes that seek to undermine the amazing things that together as free men we have achieved and will continue to achieve. Mr. Jones was smiling. He gave Mr. Smith a pat on the back. The crowd was cheering so loudly that none of them had noticed that Samuel had died. All right, family. <clears throat> I want to say... What um, you have been taught about God... Okay, I heard, I heard enough. I wanted to say that um, I played that video for my son. And I told him at the end of the video, I am Samuel. My baby cried his eyes out. I said, baby, I'm Samuel. He cried his eyes out. And he was very upset that I said that. Um, but the reality is, family, I can see past the rhetoric. I can see past the bullshit. One thing they said in the video is that regardless of who is 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 uh, the plantation owner, they're still working. Family, you still working. I don't care who's president. You will still work. I don't care who is the governor. Police still going to shoot your baby. I don't care who is the mayor. Uh, 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 the judicial system will be racist against you. No matter who you vote for, we are still slaves. No matter who you vote for, police are still shooting our babies. No matter who you vote for, uh, there's still injustice. Nothing is changing, family. It's the illusion of it changing that you're going and you're buying into. So now let me go to my next slide. Popular vote. So you're voting for different slave masters. That's all you're doing. You're either, you're either voting for this slave master or that slave master who are all in allegiance to the overall government government of slavery. This government that we are under right now is the same government that told us cigarettes were safe for us to use. This was the same government who legitimized slavery. This is the same government who indoctrinates our children through the, uh, through the school system. What are you voting for, family? Are you voting for them to stop saying Christopher Columbus discovered America? Are you voting for them to stop uh, 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 to give to give us reparations like the Indian gets reparations, like the Jew gets reparations, like the Japanese get reparations? Don't talk to me about voting when none of your initiatives 
are coming true. You are simply casting a popular vote for the president. And when you do have a direct election, you cannot you cannot vote on anything that directly affects you. In representative democracy, the popular vote is the total number of percentage of votes received by a party, candidate, or group of candidates, as opposed to the number of seats that uh, uh, seats they win in the representative assembly or the United States or in the electoral presidential election. Electoral uh, college history. Uh, the Constitutional Convention of 1787, we became a country in 1776, considered, considered several methods of electing the president, including selection by Congress, by the governors of the states, by the state legislature, by special members of Congress chosen by, uh, a, by a lot, a group of people, or direct popular election. Direct popular election. What we're what they're talking about is an oligarchy. Are the rich and wealthy and their friends and family going to choose, or is the population going to choose? Now we must understand your popular vote don't mean shit, family. It don't mean anything, and I'm gonna explain to you why. Hold on, family. I gotta blow my nose. I'm sorry. I need I need some tissue. It's 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 bothering me. It's bothering me, family. Almost ran. I'm just gonna go to the bathroom real quick. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Okay. Do you realize that Donald Trump lost the popular vote? Do you understand that, family? Bitch, 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 you didn't vote for Donald Trump. And he won. Do you realize George Bush did not win? Nobody voted for George Bush. Bitch, he won. Stop telling me how your fucking vote counts. You are politically ignorant. Yes, George Bush did not win the vote. He won the electoral college. Those are people that you do not know who they are. You did not elect them. You don't even know how they fucking got there. And they chose Donald Trump. The electoral college chose uh, uh, George Bush. You did not choose him. So when you sit here talking about your vote counts, you don't understand. Now see, now this is the thing. Voting is based on campaign uh, uh, contributions. So they're going to give you and set up who they want in place. And when you vote for who they want in place, it seems like you voted. When, When they set somebody in place and you vote for the person who they set up in place, you'd be like, see, Crumb, my vote counts. But when they set somebody in place and you don't vote for them, nigga, fuck your vote. It didn't count. Because when we want somebody to win, they're going to win. It's only gotten worse. Uh, In in, in 1824, they wanted uh, uh, Adams to win. And even though nobody voted for Adams, he won. 
In, seven, in 1876, they wanted Hayes to win. And though nobody voted for Hayes, he won. In 2000, they wanted Bush to win. And though nobody voted for Bush, that's right, family, Bush won. In 16, they wanted Trump to win. You didn't vote for Trump, and he won. Because your vote don't count. The electoral college vote count. And when the electoral vote uh, uh, wanted Nixon to win, Nixon won. In the state of North Carolina, Wallace won. But they voted for Nixon. If in your state you vote for Crumb Snatcher, Crumb Snatcher's not going to win. Because that's not how the shit works, family. If you look here, everybody everybody voted for, for, for Al Gore. But the Electoral College didn't vote for Al Gore. Everybody, everybody voted for Hillary. Nobody voted for Trump except for the Electoral College. A group of people who you do not know. I want somebody. Hold on, family. Hold on, family. I want somebody to name one person from the Electoral College who voted for Trump. Name them, family. This is my challenge to all you people who say voting means something. I'm challenging you right now. Drop a name of somebody from the Electoral College. I'm waiting. I'm going to leave this video up indefinitely. Name somebody from the Electoral College who voted. It's a group of faceless, anonymous, shadow government. You be like, shadow government? Crumb, now you're going with this uh, this uh, conspiracy theory. Well, if it's not a shadow government, if it is transparent, name one of them, family. You can't. It's a shadow government. You don't see who's behind the veil. I vote the way I want to vote, and you don't know my name. Surprise! Sorry! The shadow government won. Nigga vote zero. Moving forward. So. Vote of confidence. What is a vote of confidence, family? Joseph Stalin, one of the most famous dictators of all time, second to Hitler, said, it is... Uh, uh, it is enough that people know there is an election. That's enough. The people who cast the votes decide nothing. If you cast a vote, that's a nigga vote. The people who count the votes decide everything. Family, let me put this out there. What if yesterday none of us voted? None of us voted. We said, I do not have confidence in this government to rule over me. If nobody voted, because none of us had confidence for this said government, de facto government, to rule over us, what would happen? The government, which, family, the first law of life is self-preservation. The first law of life is self-preservation. The government seeks to preserve itself. If there is a nuclear bomb that is dropped, the government will give shelter to its elected officials first. The, the, the people who the government serves 
do not have a safety plan. Let me let me see if I can pull this up real quick, family. Let me see if I can pull this up real quick because, you know, I'm on my boondock shit and I find it to be very funny. Uh, here we go. Um, Obama. Obama. Boondocks. Uh, bomb. Drop. Let's see if I can find it. If I get lucky and I can find it. I typed in boondocks and boondocks not even showing up. Oh, that sucks. So there was this this uh, clip and I can't find it now. That sucks. Obama boondocks. Let me just see if I can. Boondocks message to people. Message to people. I think this is it. Huey's right. They're on their own. They gon' die. Hey, man. She gonna be crying like this all the time. Because I say if she is, we kick her out. Everybody, shush, shush. President Obama's talking. My fellow Huey's gonna tell us what to do. Uh, good afternoon. I'd like to start off by thanking all of you out there uh, who have called and written letters about the safety of the first family. You'll be happy to know that Michelle, Sasha, Malia, myself, and Bo are all fine. Don't nobody care about you, man. Tell us everything will be okay for us. Everything is going to be okay for us. We are currently in our very own super secret underground bunker with enough food and water and entertainment to last several lifetimes. But I'm here tonight to talk about you. In times of crisis, Americans flow together. And what's going to get us through this difficult time? Sharing. Sharing? Lending a helping hand to a neighbor in their hour of need. No, a neighbor. What we need is a cure. Unfortunately, there is no cure for the pandemic we now face. But we do have an even more powerful weapon. Compassion for our fellow man. No, compassion for our fellow man. In conclusion, I want to say that we are all in for some tough times ahead. And when I say we, I mean you. But Michelle, Sasha, Malia, myself, and Bo are going to be right here. Rooting for you all the way. Good night, and God bless you, and may God bless the United States of America. We all go to die. All right, family. All right. So now, the government first initiative is to preserve itself not to preserve you so if you say that you do not want the government to be in power anymore the government will take power through martial law this is under the constitution now they're going to put 1987 but uh, Abraham Lincoln uh, uh, declared martial law as well so fuck that 1987 shit. They were doing that shit in, in uh, at, uh, the 1860s. If nobody votes and we say that we have no confidence in the said system, they will take control and reveal their evil face as, as, as a ruling monarchy of oligarchs. So Crumb, wh- what do you say we do? We're just gonna sit here and do nothing? If everybody quit they they slave job, because I just played the video about um, Samuel on the plantation, because I am Samuel, family. I am Samuel. 
So if everybody quits their slave job, the government would fall. Do you realize, family, all we got to do is stop working? All you got to do is stop working because just like slavery built this system, you still working to fund and push the system. You sitting here thinking this shit is so fucking difficult. Hold on, let me just look here, family. Do you see the, the gears in the background? You see the gears right there? You see the gears right there? You are the gears that push this it's not that slavery built this country and now the country operates on its own no the country is still ran by you your vote is a vote of confidence in the rulership the oligarchy that has a monopoly on the on the power bitch you don't vote you work Voting is an illusion. And I've already explained why. So, uh, George Carlin, he's a very famous and wise cave beast. He said the next time they give you all that civic bullshit about voting, keep in mind Hitler was elected in a full democratic election. These people will put whoever they want in power. Voting works for people like Hitler. Voting works based off campaign contributions. Voting works based off um, uh, um, uh, the electoral college. That's why people like Hitler are put in place. So now... Voting is a vote of confidence. And this is not to white people. This is not to so-called whatever they want to call themselves. This is not concerning the cave beast. This is concerning my people. My channel is for my people. And this message is to my people. You are voting because you're an integrationalist. You believe in your slave master's rule. You believe in token niggas who are the ones who are going to represent and make decisions based off the influence of the slave master. The fuck you mean you want to vote? You're an integrationalist family. Now let's talk about the facts. Who is the number one demographic of people who do not vote between whites, blacks, Hispanics, and Asians? Number one, this is a white system, so whites are the number one voters. Because you are so up white people's ass, blacks are the second group of popular vote. You be like, black people don't vote. Bitch, black people vote more than anybody except white people. So start with that bullshit that we don't vote. If you look right here at the very end, look right here, family. This was during Obama's time, 2012. Look at 2008, 2012. Bitch, black people vote more than white people do. And you still ain't shit. You still uh, 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 are underrepresented. I'm sorry, underrepresented by the so-called government. Your vote will not stop your children from being shot dead in the goddamn street. 
When you voted more than white people, Mike Brown got shot. When you voted more than white people, Emmy, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Tamir Rice got shot. And won't shit done about it. Your vote don't mean shit. You black people, nigga votes, don't equate to anything. Now, let me tell you what's more important than that. What is the number one demographic of people who do not vote? Asians. Asians are the biggest demographic of non-voters. Why is this important, family? Let me tell you why this is important. Where am I at? Let me let me see if I can find myself. Asians ain't asking nobody for help. Asians are going to represent Asians. Asians are going to find their own solutions. Asians aren't looking for a handout. Asians aren't looking for anybody to think for them. You looking for a representative. You looking for somebody to give you a solution. You looking for somebody to do for you what you will not do for self. Okay, family? Okay? Your vote don't mean shit. How do you know, Crumb? Because Asians are the biggest non-voting demographic. Ain't nobody shooting Asians. Asians are, 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 are some of the richest people in America. Asians aren't up white people's ass in white people. Asians got a Chinatown. Bitch, you don't have a little Africa. You don't have a black town. You had Black Wall Street. They bombed that shit. And then the people you voted for didn't do shit. What did the people you voted for do about um, uh, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma? Black Wall Street. What did the voted and elected officials do about Black Wall Street? Nothing. Surprise! Surprise! What did they do about Black Wall Street? The same thing they did about Tamir Rice. What did they do about um, uh, 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 Greensboro, North Carolina, another Black Wall Street that was destroyed? All the Black Wall Street throughout America. Our communities were thriving and they built high and they built highways through the system. Dang, now they climbed. They built highways through our community. The elected officials destroyed your community. The elected officials have given the KKK family. The KKK have given, uh, I'm sorry, the elected officials have given the KKK immunity. The people you vote for will never go after the KKK. The people you vote for will never go after cops who kill kids, who kill your children. And, 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 and the Asians aren't worried about seeking justice from a system that has fucked them over. They, the, the Asians have done for themselves what they can do for themselves while you still looking for somebody to represent you. You still looking for a savior and the Asians who are the highest demographic of non-voters could give a rat's ass who is running for president. Asians don't vote and they get the most results. So don't tell me that voting is going to help you. 
your ass need to segregate. The Asians have a ha, have little Asia. I'm sorry, excuse me. Have Chinatown. The Asians only employ their family. Asians don't shop at Walmart. The Asians got their own uh, uh, grocery stores. They don't shop at Walmart. They are not integrationalists. When you vote, this is a vote of confidence for people who are integrated. You believe in your slave master. So with that said, I'm going to end it here, family. I got a little bit more, but I'm going to end it here. When we're dealing with integration, the web is the system inside of America. The spider is the elected official your nigga ass voting for. And you, my friend, are the fly. And your vote is you flying into the web. You think a fly can integrate itself into a goddamn spider web? Yes, family, it can. It will be wrapped up in the web and the spider will suck them dry because the system is sucking your ass dry. With that said, I want to end it here. I want to end it here, family. Uh, How do I get back to me? I am your brother Crumb. I am your brother Crumb. This is probably one of my more truer forms. I'm a very... I'm a very colorful speaker, colorful speaker. I'm going to say things the way I want to say them. And I know the mo- most of the family, they want shit to be sugar-coated. You want to put lipstick on a pig and you want to hear it. And, and, you know, one of my produced videos where it's very calm and very nice. And I can do that. I can make videos very calm and very nice. And the people can just be so comfortable. Or I can tell you how your nigga ass ain't shit because you are integrated into a fucking system that don't like your bitch ass. And in this video, that's what I've chosen to do. So with that said, regardless of how I give you the message, I want you to know that this is tough love because I love you, family. I am your brother Crumb. Please subscribe to my, my channel. Please know that I love you. I want the best for you. And I do these things because I care. Because I care. Because I care. Peace. Peace. This video is brought to you by The Wealth Building Cycle. I really wish I knew these five simple steps to building wealth when I was 20. By Dr. David E. Chapman, now on Amazon.co.uk. In peace. In peace. In peace. I am your brother, Crumb. In peace. We are the Crumb Snatcher. Get snatched. I'm going to say things the way I want to say them. And I know the mo- most of the family, they want shit to be sugar-coated. You want to put lipstick on a pig and you want to hear it. And, and, you know, one of my produced videos where it's very calm and very nice. And I can do that. I can make videos very calm and very nice. And the people can just be so comfortable. Or I can tell you how your nigga ass ain't shit because you are integrated into a fucking system that don't like your bitch ass. Your bitch ass. Don't like your bitch ass. Don't like your bitch ass. I love you.
I'm your humble brother. We are the Crumb Snatcher.